0: So you just saw and you heard a pastor, church planter uh, in India, uh, where some of us from this church have been and whom we support. His name is Ganesh, and he said this, I work in the Perulia district, that's outside Calcutta, India. I'd like to give thanks to Bellwether Church for supporting my ministry. I praise God for it. I have one church fellowship where 25 people attend. They also attend at our house fellowship every week. We have Bible study fellowships where believers gather. We have a Sunday school every week where children are taught about the life of Jesus. We also have a children's ministry, and we conduct VBS for the children every year. I praise God for the ministry and his work, and I thank you, Bellwether Church. So that's what he said, even though we couldn't understand it. What I'd like you to know is he's one of four. Uh, So we have three other videos of pastors, church planters that this church, y'all, support through what we call Raise More. Uh, Raise More is an initiative, a mission, it's a fund that when you give to Raise More, if you gave a buck, a dollar, 50 cents would go to this property, 50 cents would go out into the world for missions and church planning. Uh, We give $1,000 a month to India. That's that's no small thing, $1,000 a month to a school in Hyderabad. You can look up where Hyderabad is and four church planners outside Calcutta. And God calls us to do more over and over and over again. And he pushes me to do more You've seen videos of a church plant outside Dubai. Saw a video of a church mission in Italy. You've seen Honduras. God pushes his churches to do more locally to our neighbors, feed the need, and around the world. And by his Spirit, we can do more. I want us to pray for his work around the world right now. Would you join me? Heavenly Father, thank you for the work that we're honored to be part of, but that you will certainly do By your spirit Because of Jesus I do pray that we could do more I pray that I pray you would raise our capacity uh, Through people and resources uh, For this city uh, For this block Expand our property here I pray that Uh, Expand our territory around the world Use this church To plant other churches globally To raise other leaders To send them out That may be in our state, it may be regionally, it may be around the world. I, I pray you grow our capacity, pure and simple, for you, Jesus. You have, and I know you will. I don't know the way, but I look forward to seeing it. Thank you for blessing us today, that your spirit's here. May we know more your mission. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bible and turn to Acts 8. Acts 8. As you do that, one simple question. Uh, I don't need to see any hands. You don't have to nod your head. I mean, you you can if you want to. But have you led someone to Christ? If so or if not, how do you lead someone to Christ? Now, let me say this as a preface. That's that's a very, what I call, uh, Sunday school cliche, what I call Christianese, yet it's also very biblical. Leading someone to Christ. We see it over and over again in the New Testament. Leading someone to Christ. As I just, I'd ask you at least to think about, have you? uh, If you have, if you have not, how does that happen? The man you saw, you don't understand his language, he is in the work of leading people to Christ. You lead people to Christ by knocking on someone's door and saying, here's a meal I cooked for you. I'm praying for you. You can lead someone to Christ just doing that. Simple acts of kindness. Do you? How how do you do it? We're ending a series this month. It's called Raise Your Gaze. As in like, raise your sights to who you are, to who we are as a church. We've been trying to do that all month by saying, we are more than we imagine. There's a mission that is greater than we have fathomed. We're doing more, and we can do more. And by God's power, we will do more. It's tied to our mission of raise, raising leaders. Each letter represents a part of that mission. Rise with God. You've been hearing that all year. Affirm the family. Invest in His church. Share in a group. Today we close. Engage His world. Which means... The person you live beside, which means across the ocean. Both engage his world to lead people to Christ. Again, big Sunday school Christianese statement, yet very, very biblical and what we should be doing. Uh, this theme, this series is tied to our founding verse, John 10, 16. Um, it's really, it's, it's become more and more like my life verse. I think about it all the time. There are others. There are other people. India. East North Side Drive. Jesus says, "I must go to them. They'll hear my voice. There'll be one flock with one shepherd." I want us to focus today on that word "one." One. You see, one Savior, only one Savior. So, football is crazy as, great as it's coming. It's not going to save us. There will be February. I know Super Bowl, but like mid-February, like the you know the dullest sports time of the year for me at least. There's only one Savior. Like our toys won't save us, our jobs won't save us, our careers won't save us, the good we do. One Savior, Jesus, gives one mission to one church for one world. One Savior gives one mission to his church for his world. What's the mission? What's the one mission? Acts eight, the beginning of Acts. The beginning of Acts is explosive. It is grand. It is big. Uh, it is cosmic. You know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of like Bible on TV, to be honest. But I have uh, watched The Bible Continues. I think it's awesome. I mean, not to give a plug for it, but like I've been surprised by how good it is. And I love the scene where Jesus ascends. It's like, man, that's that's good because you just think, you know, we see uh, artwork and it's just you know Jesus floating up to heaven. But if you watch that, and now you're like, man, I hope I can check it out. I mean, it's like it's got like this mass of soldiers, angelic army. And it's like, it's just awesome. Like it fires you up. And he said before he ascended, Acts 1.8, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you'll be witnesses. You'll witness for Jesus, to others. That's what he says we'll do. We need to do it. Acts starts like big, bold, cosmic. Then the Holy Spirit comes in power on the disciples, on the followers of Jesus in Pentecost, Acts 2. We've looked at that all month. It's like, it's just grand. It's powerful. And then it starts, if you read through Acts, it starts getting like a funnel. Like it starts kind of whittling down to individual lives like you, like me. Big plan, big mission, goes down to how one life does it. So you say, well, how how, how do I lead somebody to Christ? How do I do do that? How do I do it? I want to look at that in Acts 8. One passage I want to look at. This is someone being led to Christ and how that happens. Acts 8, it's 26 through forty. I'm not going to read it straight through. I want to break it down. See what it says for us. Verse by verse. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert place. I want you to notice two things. First, the Lord calls rise. It's like get up. You know, get up off your sofa. You know, get up off your life. Start something. But then he calls us to a desert place. Like places that are barren. Places where there's no growth. That can be a person, that can be a place. He always calls us where there's, there's tough soil, there's hard soil. Like it takes work to grow something in a desert place. That's where we're called. So it's tough work leading people to Christ. It goes on Philip rose and went, he followed. There was an Ethiopian, Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship. Now, I've heard this man be described in one of two ways. I think it's both, okay? So you can pick. First off, I've heard some people, and I'm not going to go into what eunuchs were, but you can look that up, okay? Um, Some people describe this man as the first non-jewish convert was a sexually frustrated black man which that is true if ethiopian and eunuchs if you know any history i've also heard it that this man was had such power over a queen's treasury it would be like us if the holy spirit let us, and we landed like in a limousine for an ambassador or secretary of state of another country, and he was reading the Bible. I think both of those are true, and that's why I think Luke, who wrote Acts, shows us this one depiction of a convert, because there's so many angles you could take from it. There's such a diversity in this one life. Right here. So Philip went to him. Verse 28 said, he was seated in his chariot. That'd be a limousine at the time and was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet, and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? People need guides. Uh, We're called, I think called specifically, pastor, people who work in local churches, to help others be guides out in the world. Like, whether you are doctor, lawyer, businessman, artist, like, still want to help others guide in script. people need to be led. Like, not everybody understands all this. And so when we teach from the pulpit or Wednesday nights in group, we need to help others to guide others to know what's going on. Just how can I unless someone guides me? So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The passage of Scripture he was reading was this. Like a sheep he was led to slaughter, like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with this Scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus you got to open your mouth. Like you got to speak it, it. Salvation, leading people to Christ. It's not like an osmosis thing. You got to speak, and you got to know and point people to Jesus. Philip, he knew Isaiah. He said, "This is what it means." The Bible. Everything points to Jesus. Then, as they were going along the road, they saw some water. This is verse 36. The eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chair to stop, and they both went down into the water. Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. What prevents a person from being baptized? You know, this is the beauty and the mystery that salvation happens in a moment. A moment. I mean, two weeks ago, we had a baptism service. You saw six, five, I don't know... Preachers count, you know, maybe six, uh, ten baptisms, you know. And, you know, I believe that, you know, those brothers and sisters, I mean, their salvation happened in a moment, you know, before this happened. I mean, we were seeing what God was already doing in them. But it's like a moment. It's discipleship, another churchy word. Growth in Christ happens over a lifetime. You're saved in a moment. Let me save right now, this second, this millisecond. You know, at the closing song, you know, it, very church, but it, it happens in a moment. There's a beauty and a mystery to that. Beauty and a mystery. We won't fully know the mystery until we see glory, but if there's a beauty of it. God gives salvation in a moment. God gives life eternal in a moment. It's a gift. You don't have to work for it. You just say, Lord, I'm going to turn to you and I'm going to trust in you. Two Ts, turn and trust. Turn and trust. That's all you got to do. You don't have to hold a hand. You don't have to walk down the aisle. Turn and trust in your heart. And you're saved. And then you can be baptized. And when they came up out of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. The Spirit continued to lead the disciple, Philip, and the convert was rejoicing. And so, what happens, what's the result, is that when people are led to Christ, there is joy. There's rejoicing. There's wonder. I talked about that. That's what hit me as I was singing. like, Lord, help us wonder. Help me wonder. I I wonder more at a lot of the things of the world. See the grand story. What Jesus did in humiliation as a lamb died for me. And then the Spirit leads us to another place or another person. And then Philip found himself at Azotus. And he's passed through. He preached the gospel to all the towns until he came to Caesarea. What I love about that is it, it shows this awesome conversion. And Philip's like, you know, I'm just getting started. You know, who's next? Just keep on going. I love that. There are others. So he keeps on moving out. Like, Jesus, there are others. There are others. There are others. His work's not done. Praise the Lord. This dude. I'm say, but there's so much more. So you're like, great now, uh, good story, conversion, but is, uh, you know, kind of Christianese, Sunday school, or, you know, preacher man, that's your deal, because you were talking disciple. I mean, I'm here, uh, give me something, you know, feed me, I'll take it, you know, maybe some good stories, um, you know, learn a little bit of the Bible, and I will, uh, you know, have a good lunch, and yeah, counting the days till next weekend. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of folks' gig, you know, coming to church, it is. And you're like, well, how do I do that? Like, how do I lead someone to Christ? Again, great, great story. Learn a little of the Bible. But, I mean, that's kind of your call, dude. You know, lead people to Christ. Lead me to Christ, but, bro. So we're all called. Raise your gaze as we're all called. Raise your gaze as anyone can be a leader for Christ. But I think it's a valid question, the how-to. And it says so in the Bible, but... We're also called to kind of break it down to the here and now. And I want to use one verse. And Chris, after the baptism service, used this verse. And, you know, my wife and I talked about it afterwards. And, you know, that should be the theme of each baptism service. is Luke 15, 7. Talk about one. Talk about one. It says, I tell you, and these are Jesus' words, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents one... Then in 99, who need no repentance? Love that verse. One, more joy in heaven. I read a quote. I don't know who said it. If I find it, because you'll probably hear it again. I'll tell you who said it. But repentance is the wine of angels. Amen? Amen. Repentance is the wine of angels. That they are partying in heaven when one repents. And so the how, first off, is to see that that one matters so much and your one life can impact other one lives that maybe I can't touch or impact, but you can. And that repentance, knowing that verse, that one who repents. Repentance is the wine of angels. First off, it's just like knowing that vision and moving forward in your life. But still, you're like, you know, how does it it do it? You know, I mean, like, you know, someone says... You know, what do you believe? And you're like, well, I believe in Jesus. And then you're like, why? I'm like, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, you don't know what to say. I mean, some of you are like, well, I got mine written down. Well, that, that's great. But a lot of folks just do, don't know how to handle it. So I want to just tell you three quick stories. And they'll be quick, like three, story, three quick stories. There are three different types of people that I've had conversations with. About the how. Like, how does it, how does it start? And again, it happens in a moment and we don't often see it. We gotta get it started. The leading people to Christ. One guy, and this would be the dude who like just considers himself as a guy. I'm not gonna say who, I'm not gonna say who on any of these, because y'all know him. For real, y'all know him. But one dude, he was like, he's just broken down. And he considers himself a Christian. Now I'm not sure he is, quite honestly. I always say, like, I, I can't ever say, you know, what the heart says. But it, it was, it's kind of that type that, you know, it's like you got your flu shot. You know, I always, always um, relate folks like this to, you know, getting a flu shot or getting a, um, uh, getting a shot like you're going on a mission trip. You know, hey, man, I'm good. You know, I walk down the aisle. You know, I got my fire insurance. It's kind of like that. You know, and then they live, you know, a totally different way. They're like, man, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. You know, I mean, he said, you know, I've probably been drunk every night for two years in this conversation hey man I'm, I'm, I'm saved okay so we're talking and dude's broken down over stuff and you know I'm, I'm praying as I'm talking you know, you know what do I say you know where is the starting point how can I connect here and he's told me you know hey he believes and, but hey he's got problems and he has been drinking a lot so so where do you go First, I encourage him, because this dude, excuse me, this guy, has gifts. I was like, man, you know, you're a leader. I mean, people listen to you. They do. People follow you. They do. And he's got a gift being out in the world, and, you know, he is a, um, he's someone who can make an impact in people's lives. But then I ask him a question. It's like, okay, you say you're a Christian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, been drinking a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I think you should definitely go out, but tell me this. Are you, are you the one who is the influencer, or are you being influenced all the time? Let me say that again. For, for those of us Christians who, who go out, are you the one who is influencing folks, or are you being influenced? Because that, I, I know, you know, like, I love going out, restaurants, bars and stuff. You know, I push people, encourage people to go, but are we the influencer, or are we being influenced? Like, where's that line of influence going? From us to others or from others to us? And there was a big pause when I asked him that question. And then he said, you know what? You're right. And I do not need to touch alcohol or get near gambling for a long time. And I said, brother, you do not. Okay? Like, I'm all about going out into the world, but there are times you need to shut it down and shut it down. And it's like, I'm being influenced. I was like, you are. So we need to recalibrate. I love that word, recalibrate. Like, what does it mean? I don't know, but I love it. We need to, like, <laughs> we need to just take, I don't know, you just need to, you know, get centered. And so we'll have other conversations. But That was the end. So there was no, you know, prayer of salvation. That was a start, you know, Mr. Christian. Second guy, another guy. He, uh, you know, I really applaud what he said one time, because you don't hear this a lot in Jackson, Mississippi, or the Bible Belt. So we're talking, he's visited here, he's not today, I checked, don't worry. He's visited here, and he's like, man, you know, you can just feel God's presence here. I mean, you love hearing hear that you, know, that, you know, it's nice. You feel God's presence, feel the Spirit, blah, blah, blah. And then, so I'm just assuming he's a Christian. And then I ask him, I say, you know, well, tell me, you know, how you came to Christ, how you became a Christian. And he's like, well, I haven't converted yet. I'm not a Christian. I was like, well, so you've been to church, you feel God's. He's like, yeah, I just, you know, I haven't have become a Christian yet. And it's like, whoa, man! I mean, I, I applaud somebody saying that, you know. I mean, everything else is like, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I get drunk for two years, you know. I mean, it's kind of that's that's the deal. But to say for someone to say, you know, I'm not a Christian yet. Um, I just that takes a lot of courage, in my opinion. So then he's like, but I'd love to learn more. Where do I start? It's kind of like the Ethiopian here. So we, I was like, do you have a Bible? No, I don't have a Bible. I was like, well, we got a whole stack at a table in the church. By the way, y'all can take a Bible home, you know. We don't always have to have a whole stack. But I said, we got a stack at church, and I'll give you a Bible. So we came here. I gave him two, because they're actually two translations. And I said, he's like, where do I start? Now, people have different responses to this. I told him, I said, I love Luke-Acts teaching out of Acts, I was like, I'd start, you know, it's simple, but, you know, start Jesus, start Luke, you know, don't, don't start Genesis, you know, I'm sure if you started like Obadiah, I mean, God can save a person like that, I hadn't seen it yet, I hadn't seen it yet, I mean, it can happen though, but I'm simple, I'm like, start with Jesus, I like Luke, then read Acts, because it's really like one book, two parts, Um, others would say Mark, I like Mark too. But I said, just start there. Read the Psalms, too, on the side. And he was, like, excited and happy. And it's like, we'll talk more. I was like, we'll talk more. Praise God. It's another start. The last guy, I think, in my opinion, is, like, the toughest. I'd call this person the, the antagonistic agnostic. It's like, he's, he's been hurt. He's bitter at church, bitter at preacher guys. And so he's stuck talking to me, you know. So there's just like... You can sense like there's some rage he's trying to like suppress because he he just really wants to just, you know, go off on how, you know, backwards we are, you know, stupid, you know, you know, countercultural, you know, just against, you know, 1950, I think the 1950s were nice, but not that I was there, but I think it was cool. But, you know, that's his his image of like church folks, you know, and so with him and I'm like, how do I connect here? Because I want to connect. I don't want to just like, you know, see a, you know, hang I mean, I, I want to engage. I really do think God's giving me a heart to engage. Like, so how, as I'm thinking, like, how do I, what do I do here? Because um, he sees me, you know, he sees me, you know, you know, just ignorant pastor, man. Some of y'all may too, but I'm, I'm glad you're here. Anyway, the, um, so we're talking and we're talking about culture issues. And I'm not going to get into this, but uh, we're talking about cultural issues. Things are different in the world. And then he begins to talk about how, you know, you know, this is who he is. And it's even how God made him to be, you know, in terms of just even, you know, sexuality and, and things of that deal. And that's who he is. And so, you know, th- there should be rights, okay? So you can tell kind of what direction we're, we're going down. It's who he is. And I'm like, okay. And then I say to build a bridge, I said, actually, I agree, I agree with you. I agree with you. Because you know what? I can relate. And, and here's how I relate. I said, uh, I'm someone, and I know that there are things in me, and that's like who I am. And I said, so I use my fist, and I said, this is, this is me. If y'all can see my fist. This is me. And I said, I'm a, I'm a hard man. And I am, really. Get down to it. I, so I'm a hard man. And so this is like how I'm wired right here. But I said, what I believe, and I said, this is where we'd be different, kind of a different, world, a different worldview, is that I don't believe that this now is who I am. Because I believe that there's something that's outside me, this would be this hand, okay, that has covered me and superseded who I am. Okay? And that now this hand has melted this hard fist and I'm grabbing hold of it and I'm not letting go. And so I said, so I do agree with you, bro, that, you know, this is how, you know, I know this is like this part of who I am, but it's not who I am anymore and something outside of me. And I said, it's a different worldview. This is what I believe. We can just say we agree to disagree, but this came and it continues to melt me. And I'm grabbing on, and and now this is who I am. Do I know what happened? You know, it it definitely wasn't, you know, sinner's prayer, prayer, prayer repentance. But he paused, he thought about it, and let the Lord do the work from there. And I trust he will. But for us, we got to look at a person and say, you know, where, Lord, and we got to prayerfully say, where, Lord, can I connect? And there's so many different people. And that's why there's so many different churches and so many different yous that can connect with others and where to go out. So man, just to close it out today, I want to put that verse up again, Luke 15, 7, one more time. One life. Angels rejoice when one repents. Repentance is the wine of angels. And just like... And you don't have to turn to it, but if you if you get a moment, read the last couple verses of Acts, Acts twenty eight. Not today, but it's so amazing to me that Acts one starts off Jesus sent you in like big, grand Holy Spirit, and then it like whittles down, it funnels down, and the last couple verses of Acts, it's simply Paul inviting people to his house and telling them about Jesus. That's all it is. It's not like end with a bang. It starts with a bang, and then it goes to one life, inviting another life into his home and telling about Jesus. So think about what God has done in your life and pray that God will lead your story to impact another story. And if you don't have that story yet, then it is very simple. It happens in a moment. One Savior impacts one life yours. And when you say, and I'm hard, and you turn and grab hold and don't let go, that's all it's about. This is new. This is old. This is new. And you can start today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for the beauty and the mystery of salvation in a moment. Thank you for the for the life of mission, that is an adventure that you call us to, to neighbors and to nations. May we individually as, as one life live into it. May we as one church live into it. For one another here and for others out there. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.